You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs return to the practice field on Friday ahead of their Monday night football matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. We heard from offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, defensive line coach Joe Colon, wide receivers coach Connor Embry, quarterbacks coach David Girardi, and defensive backs coach Dave Merritt. We'll go in that order, starting with Matt Nagy, followed by Steve Spagnuolo, then Dave Tobe. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Joe Colon, Connor Embry, David Girardi, and Dave Merritt. Here's the Chiefs offensive coordinator. All right. How are you? It's probably a little bit of everything. We're, we obviously look at that stuff. Um, you want to be able to take shots. Uh, you want to be able to run the football. There's a lot of things you want to do, but you also have to adjust to what defenses are, are giving you and what they're not giving you. So um, I think when you look at right now with our downfield numbers, we're, we're, still, we're still taking shots, right? Um, probably the biggest thing is we want to – However that is, um, we want to be able to be a little bit more efficient with those numbers. So it's not, I mean, you, you still need to keep defenses honest, uh, however you do it. And I think that uh, our coaches and players on staff do a pretty good job of trying to figure out different ways with different personnel. Um, but we're certainly taking the shots. I think efficient-wise, we can be better. And you talked about, you know, guys like Rashi Rice, you have a package, and you kind of go mm-hmm. from there with where it is. Big picture, I know there's, you know, all these option routes, and your offense is quite complicated, and it's a process for everybody to learn it, but I don't think, you know, off the top of my head, I don't think you have any receiver that's been here more than two years, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody's fairly new. Sure. And then you got a bunch of young guys, too, that are new to the NFL. Is there a scaling back of the offense? Is that, or is it, it's, we, we got to get to where we got to get to, and they get the, eventually they got to get the whole package, or do you have to, there's not, term, dumb it down? Yeah, no, there's not a scaling back on it. Um, that's one of the things Coach Reed has always done. Every year I've been with him since back in Philadelphia, it's always been starting in training camp OTAs, give them a lot, see what they can do well, and then adjust accordingly to their to their strengths. With the guys that we've had and what you just mentioned with having a couple guys or most of the guys that are here you know, a couple years, there's a little bit of putting the puzzle together of what they do well. Um, the timing element is probably the biggest thing that I think, forget us as coaches, but Patrick with the guys is trying to figure out what routes they run well and then the timing element to that with the defense. So um, I do feel like these guys uh, are really mentally starting to grasp what we're trying to get from them, and we're doing a good job of trying to figure out what they do well, and now Patrick's doing a good job of practicing those routes with them. Now at this point in the season, we've set ourselves up um, record-wise to be able to really know that, hey, we keep doing good things, we keep getting this thing better on offense, um, it's a challenge for us. And I think players and coaches, we want to do that. We understand that we can be better. But at the same point in time, 
um, big picture from the self-scout and looking back, there's two big things that jump out, and that would be the penalties and the turnovers. And I'm saying specifically offense for us. So it's not that we're not moving the football or we're struggling, but those are the two big ones that we got to reduce with our defense the way they're playing. I think you know we can really make good things happen. We're talking about guys grasping things, and with, with Rice in particular, he had the most snaps of any of the receivers against Miami. Is that an indication that he is grasping things a bit more, and is it just a matter of the targets will come with those snaps? Probably. Uh, he's, again, done a good job of trying to understand this offense and how he fits and how we fit him into certain things and what we, us figuring out what he does well. So um, you'll probably continue, and that's a good thing. I mean, for again, when you draft somebody, you want to develop them, and it takes a little bit of time. It doesn't happen overnight. There's some ups and downs with it. There's some frustrations and excitement. Um, but if the kid wants to be great, and we have great wide receivers, uh, guys that want to be great, it's it's just uh, a matter of continuing to just keep practicing and then getting out on that field and producing. Coach, the uh, Dolphins did a nice job against Travis. We see that sometimes where they're able to win that. Mm-hmm. On the fly, and you see a team has success early, how does that change you and Coach Reed's process of, like, we need to maybe work, work through something else on the fly here? Well, really, to be honest with you, it's never changed. It's always been that way with Kels from the start. Um, and now what we have to try to figure out is, okay, just working into what defenses are doing specifically coverage-wise, timing that up with what they're doing to Kels, um, and then working through the timing elements and the newness of the new receivers, matching all that together. Kelsey has been seeing double teams his entire career. That hasn't changed. How people get to it hasn't changed. So we know adjustment-wise within a game, we got to prepare game plan-wise, and we got to prepare in-game with Kels. Uh, the other stuff is a matter of preparing each week and adjusting each week with those guys and matching it all together. But none of that has changed with Kels, the, the game plan-wise stuff. Matt, is there a common theme in regards to penalties and turnovers that you're noticing that you can sort of say, if, if you just do this better, it'll naturally lead to fewer penalties and turnovers? I don't think there's a theme to it. Um, but it certainly happened too much, and um, it's all about it's, it's tied into rhythm. And you look at like in Germany against Miami, came out the first drive, great energy, efficient, go down, score a touchdown or a, a supposed touchdown, gets called back and score another one. Right. And it, it felt great on the sideline. Second or first half, better drives, things were good, no penalties, we stayed away from the penalties, and then we come out in the second half and we had two big penalties that just stalled drives, and then we had a fumble. We had a turnover on a sack fumble. All of that happens, and we had control of that game. We were in a great place. And so when you got to punt the ball, you go three and out. If you have turnovers, it's not like it's happening all the time, but when it's happening, um, and it just goes to show, I look at it from the positive side, and Co- Coach Reed you know, preaches this all the time, and we all do, is that the good thing is that if you just reduce those and elim- eliminate them, great. If you reduce them, right. Just look at where, where we can be because we're doing a lot of great things. The players are doing a great job of executing. We just got to reduce that negative stuff. It, based on that discussion, do you feel like, I guess, how do you shape the idea of like we need to change offensively versus what we're doing is working based on the defenses we're seeing and just trying to stick with, with what you guys are presenting so far? Yeah, we have an identity on offense that changes every year with the, the personnel and the people. Um, we also even uh, scheme-wise, it changes as well. But 
throughout the season as you go through and you see where things are at, you know, if it's a penalty, what are the penalties? Are they false starts? Are they holds? Um, whatever those are, how do we reduce that? And then we, we lock in on that. And the guys most of the time know that. The, the, the turnover stuff, um, what happened on the play? Was the play open? Was it a poor decision? Was it a drop? Was it a tip pass? When was it? Um, and so we take all that into account because in the end, the team that has the best turnover margin as a team, offense, defense, special teams, is going to have a phenomenal chance of being in where we want to be. We're a part of that on offense. So we got to respect the football um, and take good care of it, but yet still keep that aggressive mentality that we've always had and adapt to the way that defenses are now playing um, across the league and be able to accept that and find different ways to exploit it. Come when you look at the different penalties, and you know that's an oddity. We talked so much about the Jawan with the false starts. Mm-hmm. You guys, as a team, really have don't have a problem with that. But you're, one, I think, one of the five most penalized teams with holding. Mm-hmm. How do you address that? I mean, is that is it is it when they occur? I mean, is it you know sometimes they holding on the ball too long? Is there any comment? Yeah, there is some of that, Matt. There's there's uh, for an example is I mean. I don't. I can't think of one specific play, but I do know, and from playing this game a long time and playing myself, the quarterback position is, you can also help out the O lineman when it happens. So if you, if you, for instance, as as for Pat or for any quarterback, when you drop back, if you drop back too far and your feet aren't right, and then you try to flush the pocket, and for whatever reason you had a, a good pocket in the middle and you flushed out, and the guy just instinctively grabbed them, that if that's happening too much, then you got to be aware of that, the O line and the quarterback. If it happens every now and then, we like when Patrick scrambles at times too. So we can't, it's a double sword edge. Like you can't say, well, don't do this because good things happen. You got to be careful with it. So we've, we've looked at all that and, and we just, uh, we want to focus on, hey, just trying to keep your hands tight inside with the holds. Uh, Pat, when you're in the pockets, trust your feet and your timing. Stay within the progression of the play. They all, all these guys know this stuff. And now we just go do it, but we got to practice it. And when you practice that way, you usually play that way. What are you seeing from Philadelphia as you prepare for this game? Is any different than what you saw um, when you guys prepared for the Super Bowl? There, there's some differences. Obviously, I know uh, Coach Desai well with, with being together for four years in Chicago sch- schematically. Um, have a lot of respect for him. Uh, players are a, a lot of the same, and they play hard. They, they play a physical style of football. They complementary football with their offense and special teams. Um, we got to be able to protect up front. we got to be able to... Um, do all three phases uh, for for us and whatever that is, whether it's run, play action, uh, every part of it, we got to be good and know that they're good, great defense with great scheme. So I think schematically um, there's some differences, but nothing too crazy. Matt, we, we, hear about, we hear about superstar athletes making their you know, players better. How much do you see Patrick taking ownership in wanting to make his receiver better? All the time. And I probably uh, – it's probably not out there – as much as it should be with his accountability. He's the first one. Um, now, he's going to get on guys and, and all of us when things need to be done the right way, but the reason why that carries so much more weight is because he does it to himself. And whether it's breaking down a huddle after a game, win or loss, whether it's in between series, whether it's at practice, whether it's in a meeting, he holds himself to a high standard. And he, he uh, there's, you know, I think it's just so impressive to always have, like he's, he does that all the time. So when you have that, it carries a lot of weight and the guys respect that, the coaches respect that. We're all in this thing together and we're just very lucky to have him. Thank you everybody, thank you. Appreciate thank it. You. Good to see you. 
Um, just fired up to get back out there and keep it. It's nice we've gotten this weather, huh? We get outside yesterday, we'll get outside again today. So with that, I'll just open it up. How big is the challenge to try to slow down A.J. Brown? Yeah. Really nice job against number one. Yeah, it was, a, it was a challenge when we played him, whatever it was, 10 months ago, and it, it hasn't gotten any easier. Um, you know, it all begins with the quarterback, and I, I got a lot of respect for this quarterback. I mean, certainly after having played him, and we had respect for him before that. But um, So I'm going to start with Jalen, just because I think he's one of those quarterbacks to me that can beat you with his brain, he can beat you with his legs, and he can beat you with his arm. And I mean, th that's a pretty dynamic threesome, a threesome for, for a quarterback to have, because not all of them can do that. But, and he's been in the system a long time, and they do the right things with him. He gets him in and out of plays. He can get him out of a run play and throw it with the RPO game. He does it all. Um, he's, just, uh, he's faster than you think he is. We put tape on this morning. And just when you think you got him, he's in and out of there. So a lot of respect for him. And then he's got the, the one weapon you're talking about, but he's got him all over the place with the, with the wideouts. And we're going to be totally in tune to that uh, because we feel like the explosive plays kind of bit us the last time we played him. We've got to eliminate those, uh, try to make them earn it a little bit. And then the other thing that happened and that we all remember is they had the ball for a long time. So we, we began this week with first and second down are huge. Um, to end up in those short of third downs is really tough against this team. I mean, they'll, they'll run it on a third and seven um, and then go for it on fourth down. We know that. So they keep you on your toes. So we just feel like first and second down is a key down for us in this game, but so key downs. So you faced a number of league's top receivers. This yeah. Done a pretty nice job against them. Other than guys are playing well in the secondary, well, in most of those, I'm going to give LJ a lot of credit now. In, in a lot of those games, we did travel him. And if he didn't end up on him, you, you know, usually Trent did, and that was on purpose. Um, whether we'll be able to do that or not with this team will, will remains to be seen because, listen, the, the Smith's pretty good wideout too. So this is, this is a team that really has two dynamic um, wideouts. So we'll be a little bit careful either way. But I would give LJ a lot of credit for that and the fact that the, the secondary has really functioned well chemistry-wise and as a unit. And anytime you play in a pass attack, when you get – the DBs to do that, it makes it a little bit better. How well is the, well the secondary playing with the blitz? Well, I, th I mean, I think our, I mean, I, I was looking at it in this bye week, but I think we've been pretty effective on that. I think they've been really good. Now, some of our blitzes are zone behind it, some of them are man behind it. Um, and, and we ask them to, it's a little bit interchangeable sometimes when we call those things, and they've been on point in terms of being on the same page together. We all know what happens when the secondary isn't on the same page, right? There's bust, but for the most part, we've been pretty solid in that. You mentioned LJ. Um, he's had a couple <coughs> of beats in the last few games. Um, how do you, it's a fine line, right? Like, you yeah. really want him to be aggressive. Yeah. To... Well, I mean, there's some cost to doing business penalties when you're, a, when you're a press team and you're going against a really good wide out and you're trying to be aggressive and you try to take that guy out of the game. Now, LJ will tell you that he, he knows that he can be a little bit better. Sometimes the hands get a little bit too high, right? And, we get hands to the face, or we we get a little grabby. We can avoid those, um, but I don't really don't want LJ to become less aggressive. Um, so we'll probably he'll probably maintain that and hopefully not get as many penalties. You talked about cost of business penalties. Like yeah, that, cost of doing business penalties. Yeah. yeah. Um, where do you draw the line there? Yeah, there's a, they're not all. I mean, most of them are not. Yeah. You know. Um, the undisciplined ones, like you don't, you know, we, we, we don't want to be jumping offside. We don't want to take, uh, 
you know, personal files. You know, those are, yeah. Uh, listen, it, it, sometimes it gets tough down there. I mean, if a guy felt like, uh, you know, we had no help behind him and he felt like he was going to beat for a touchdown, you know, you see guys grab because it's like, I'd uh, rather take the penalty than give up the touchdown. Um, there's not, I and mean, when I use that term, <clears throat> there's not many that I put in that category. When we put the penalties up this week of what, what happened in the Miami game, I mean, to me, there was only one. We had five or six, so for the most part, we try to avoid them. Was there a little bit of frustration with, with Chris with that penalty that he had against the <coughs> You were getting off the field, and he gets the, the first one. Yeah, I mean, Chris knows that. I mean, I think if his emotions just got the better of him. Hopefully, going forward, we'll be better at that. Coach, I know you, when you first came in the uh, first year, I remember at training camp, you said, don't judge us on what we're going to be early, judge us on later. And yeah. sure enough, you guys really picked up steam and were better going on. Last year, the kind of the theme was look at all these young guys and wow, they're playing well. Now you're playing even better. Yeah. Is that a process of you're able to give more to them? Like we're getting all the way into the Steve Spagnola defense? Or a little just, bit. They've been in it and they react <clears throat> faster. I think it's probably more that, that, um, because we haven't changed too much. There's been curveballs here and there. I talked with him this week about, listen, I mean, we've, we've had some success, but you, know, you, can't, you can't get a playoff berth in half a season. You, know, you can't win a Super Bowl by winning seven games. There's a lot more to this. And so we want to be doing that as we go. And part of that is you know, when you've got nine games of film, talking about on our defense, offensive coaches in this league are pretty smart. They start to figure out. So we got to be able to put some tweaks in there. And I think with this group, to what you're saying, I think you can do that because everything else they feel like they're confident in doing what they're doing. So you throw a couple of curveballs at a team. Hopefully that keeps you ahead of the head of the curve. Dave's, Dave's just a follow-up. Dave's your position coach on that. He's obviously you know got a lot. To do. Dave Merritt, you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. And he and he was with you in New York. Won yeah. The championship. Are yeah. you surprised? Not a defensive coordinator in this league already. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we've got a bunch of guys on the defensive staff that could do that. Uh, Joe certainly has already done it. Brendan's been, you know, he's been doing it for a long time. I, I hope that happens for all of them. It's like when I was, listen, when I was in Philadelphia and Jim Johnson was the coordinator, he was hoping myself, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, Ron Rivera would all, and it happened, you know, and I, I hope that for our guys too. I really do. You mentioned uh, second and third down. Uh, obviously on third and one, fourth and one, they have the rugby cell. Any beat on any way? <laughs> yeah, I think... I'll get, I'll get back to you on that. Um, I, listen, I, we, we watched, I mean, I think Washington had one play where they did a, they actually did a pretty good job, and I think they might have been a stop, then they went for it on fourth. And that's the thing, if you stop on third and one for a half a yard, they come back right back on fourth down, you've got to do it again. Um, listen, we'll, we'll try to be as stout in there as we can. I don't have any secrets on it. Um, I wish I did. The best thing we can do is try not to be in those situations. That's why I'm going back to first and second down. Yesterday, Chris mentioned uh, watching rugby film. Uh, yeah. I, joking, but is that I don't know if he had. I haven't put any rugby film up. Uh, but, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were taking a look at that or talking to people that do it. Um, maybe that's the way it go. I don't know enough about I love rugby when it comes out. I'll watch it once in a while, but I don't know enough about it. I know that thing moves, though, right? I mean, it's not like it goes backwards all the time, so I don't know. But when it moves, it's not for a first down, right? But, uh, so okay. with that, Steve, is there, is there, do you spend more time on it from a rep standpoint than yeah. what you would normally do, or is it just something where you have to trust the guys to just... Yeah, there's a little bit of trust involved. I mean, look, we can't, we cannot simulate that in practice. I mean, you've got to be full padded and... 
be doing that. And we, you know, we don't practice. Nobody right. in the league practices that way now. Um, and so it's it's more of a you know it's an assignment thing. We're talking to guys about maybe we could do this. We're trying to steal things that were on tape that we thought were pretty good. Um, but it's a mano a mano deal, right? They're pushing us. We try to push them back. Two more. You've mentioned Sorry. four pounds. Obviously, the Eagles are as aggressive as anybody. Yeah. Four pounds. Just you don't have a choice in whether or not they're going for a fourth down. You did once, but a lot has changed in that short time analytically. I'm just wondering how you view just the concept of the fourth going, going for it. Yeah. Well, look at that. I mean, I'm on the other end of that, right? We gotta. We're at the mercy of whether they decide to do it or not. I mean. You know, a lot of it depends on how you, f I think, how you feel about your offensive guys, where you are in the game, the risk-reward, you know. And that, it feels like more people are getting riskier. Um, but this particular team, when they get, when it's, they feel pretty good about when it's only that far to go, right? Um, and they've been pretty successful at it, so. Uh, Coach, another kind of big picture one. The defenses as a whole in the league are playing lighter and lighter in the box, yet this year they're better at stopping the run. Is that right? Yeah. When they when they do that stat, are those run plays they're counting only with lighter box counts or just runs in general? Uh, I think I think the way it was phrased, there, lighter box. They're better with lighter boxes. Defenses overall are better with lighter boxes, in the box, yeah. and they're doing a better job of stopping the run. Is that more an indication offenses aren't running anymore? They've been hearing how you got to throw, throw, throw all the time, and they're not as good running it. Or you guys, I don't know that. On your side yeah. I'm not sure I got a good answer for that one. I'd have to, I'd have to go and look at it a little bit. Um, I mean, I know from my standpoint, we, we've all, we're always really it doesn't matter who we play. We're always going to begin with you got to stop the run first because I just feel like if you can't do that, any good football team offensive coach is just going to keep running it, especially with the quarterback we have. You know, uh, so we're all. But I, I don't really, I don't have an answer for that one. But that'll be an off-season study. Thank you. More people today. Must be a big game. You ever have uh, what happened to the Bills at the end of the game? You ever have that happen to you at the end of a game? Uh, not at the end of a game. Uh, was I, I was thinking back. I, it might have been the first year we had Tom Bahali stayed on the field one time when we, you know, when he wasn't supposed. To, he's never on field goal block, and he stayed out there one time. You know, and we had twelve on the field. I think it might have been the Chargers game. I was thinking back. You know, but I mean, it's something everybody's going to have to practice for sure this week for sure. You know, you're gonna walk through it or whatever. You know, so we're doing it. We're gonna practice it today. That situation right there. I mean, it's <laughs> you just never know, man. I mean, you never know. You talk about it, but you gotta you gotta actually go through it. What can you give us a little uh, scouting report, maybe on how maybe Philly's different than they were when you um, the Super Bowl or what their return teams are like? Yeah, the return teams are very good. I mean, uh, Covey. I mean, we had a lot of respect for him going into the Super Bowl, too. And, you know, he ripped us for a long return, if you remember, in that game. Almost popped it. So, I mean, he definitely has our attention this week. I mean, you know, we have to, we have to hang the ball up good. You know, Tommy's got to be solid. And, you know, obviously we've got to be good, good with our net coverage, you know, uh, to try to control him. Uh, the return in the kick return game, I mean, they've had a bunch of different guys back there. And it's been uh, last week it was Scott. And, um, he, um, you know, he's a north and south physical running back style. He's got one return for 38. I mean, that's the only time he's really got one, but it was impressive. Dude, we're over halfway through or about halfway through the, the year for everybody. Has anything surprised you 
good, bad, or the otherwise on the, the fair catching and the kickoff rule? Um, been different than you thought? No, um, right now, uh, you know, we have uh, Frazier. He's our analytics guy. He does, you know, he keeps a study and, and he's tracking all the, the amount of fair catches that there's been. There's been like 43 fair catches so far with short kicks. And um, that's, that's, that ends up being like 17% of the short kicks are, are being fair caught. The rest of them are all being returned still. And the average is uh, teams are getting out to the 25.1. So it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's mixed. So we're, we're, we're doing that just to check and see and see if we're, you know, doing the right things. And, you know, we, we always do that. So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, though. Tommy uh, Townsend's been on the injury report, uh, maybe some different injuries. Is he okay? I mean, he's okay. He, you know, he banged up his, his his hand and his wrist. So, I mean, it concerns you a little bit with the holes, and then obviously catching the punt, the, the snaps. Um, but, you know, he did that a while back. So now we're already, you know, we had the week off, and so he's 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 moved on from that. He's he's still on injury report because he, you know, he wants to keep getting the treat and make sure it's it's still bothering a little bit. But he's going to be okay. I didn't know you had to put hand injuries on the injury report. We have to put everything on the injury report. Maybe, maybe it's uh, <laughs> shot for others. Uh, a year ago, maybe knock on wood, or you, you don't want to do this, but all the conversation was about your holes, right? That was what we were talking about. That was, that sure. was I haven't had any problem. Is it just? Oh boy. <laughs> is yeah. that just? You know, did it, was there an aha moment? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can tell us what. I'm Not really. I, I always knew that Tommy was an excellent holder. You know, I mean that that was something that kind of just. You know, got came out of nowhere, really. I mean, to me. So, I mean, I, I've never, I've never lost. I never, I've always had faith in Tommy as a, as a holder. I mean, never, never lost. It. He's, he's been solid. I, I don't want to call it the yips or anything, right? But is it, is that something you see? Guys, they're great, and then somebody even eight, nine years in, they just get a little bit. Sure. Off? I mean, I've seen long snap. I've seen it happen to long snappers. I mean, guy's been great all year, and all of a, I mean, for for his whole career. Eight, nine, ten years, and all of a sudden they just can't snap anymore. It's kind of weird. I mean, it happens. I've seen it. You had McKinnon back for a kickoff return in Germany. Was that just to give someone different? That was a design. We had him the whole whole game. We were trying. We knew that when they mishit hit the ball, they hit they, they hit it to our right, and, and some of those touchbacks. I mean, they were getting touchbacks on mishit balls. So we, we lined up McColl right in that spot in case he mishits one. So McColl gets the, the short kick, and then if they kicked it to our left, which exactly what we wanted him to do. Uh, McKinnon gets it. We'd missed a block. We had one guy miss a block on it. If he if he would have made his block, I mean, we're getting that return out to the 50. And, you know, obviously a kick return, you know, it's like an offensive play. You have to have, you know, everybody doing their job and, and somebody missed up on that one. No, no reason to change necessarily, but you sticking with McCole Hardman going into the second half as your both return. Yeah, McCole, we, we have faith in McCole. McCole's fine, you know, uh, keep improving on his decision making and, and we'll be fine. Got a long way to go. We're getting better and better each week. It's been a while since the game, right? So I'm trying to think back to this. We've asked you a lot about McColl's returns and when to catch it and when to not catch it. You caught that one really deep. Yeah. Right? Like the two-yard line, is that the right thing to do in that position? Uh, not in that situation. I mean, that one, he, he kind of kept drifting back. We had a return call, so he wanted to return it. We had double the gunners, and, you know, we had a return set up, but the ball just kept drifting back, and he's got to have awareness of where he was at. That, that probably would have been a touchback, I'd, probably. If it hits, it's going to go touchback. Brent, uh, at the midway point, uh, who's the who's leader on your points board? On That's a good question. Uh, right now, uh, you know, Bucker is just crushing everybody. But I mean, you, you take the kickers and the, and the punter out of it. I mean, you got uh, Leo Chanel, who's who's very very consistent. He's he's been playing great. And then a, a rookie, uh, uh, 
Uh, Connor is, is really going doing well. Number twenty-seven, Shamari. I mean, he is for a rookie. He's, he's a good player, really good player. Last one. Yeah. That is the last one. All right, thanks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Got a, got a great day out there. I mean, festive time of the year, getting ready for Thanksgiving and a big game on Monday night against a heck of a football team, obviously. We know what's at stake here. You know, we're going up against a team that we played in the Super Bowl, best team right now in the NFL. and they, they do a great job. Coach Sirianni and his staff, Coach Stoutland, the offensive line coach, been there for a long time. He's as good as there is in the league, and they do a great job with their run game. Coach Johnson is new offensive coordinator, and it looks like they haven't missed a beat, and they got weapons all over the place, so I'm sure Coach Spaggs talked about what our task is, and we, we have a big one, and uh, with that, I'll open it up for questions. Joe, we saw in Frankfurt after Chris's penalty, kind of give the two on the sideline. just wonder what you can share is what you're trying to press upon him in that moment. Chris, no, that's a little tough love, but no, I mean, Chris is obviously a very smart, intelligent player, and sometimes your emotions just try to keep them in check. And let's get him on the next snap when it when it's live. But but uh, uh, grateful that that didn't hurt us, and, and it could have. And just a, a learning lesson. But no, he's uh, that's behind us. And and uh, Chris Chris has been great. Carlopis and Dana continue to grow in their own right. But how much of an impact has Chris had on, on their ability to kind of win this year? I tell you, Chris does a great job. I mean, he kind of those. I mean, Chris has been a great leader this year. And in last year, I mean. When George came in and he was with Mike before, but taking those guys under his wing and I mean he, he loves that room. You know, Chris is the piston that drives the engine. And uh, but you know when people are focusing on Chris, I know if I was game planner, I'd have two or three on him, and 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 every snap I'd have someone account for him, and that opens up lanes for other guys to make plays. And and, and as a group, that's all that's all you want. You know, just to make the plays when you have the one on ones. And Chris has done a great job with that. That trio with George, Mike, and Chris, they're on pace for all having double-digit sacks. That doesn't happen very often. That's a pretty rare feat. How special is it to have three guys that caliber? We don't even know that. We, we just know that it's the next snap. Coach Spaggs calls the defense, puts us in position for the players to make plays. And, and we always talk about this in the room. And Chris said the other day, when, when all four is a front or five, when Coach brings five, are working together, doesn't matter. It's the unit that gets the sack. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, and and when that happens, good things happen as in defense. What besides the obvious of keeping them out of third and one, right? Like you're going to face their their tush push. And it's been incredibly successful. They got you a lot, obviously in the Super Bowl with it. You got a new 
magic wrinkle, any new advice for the guys, any reason? If anyone has any new new ideas, let me know. But no, that's something we, we've really talked about after that game and Coach Spaggs over the offseason and just being able to get a little bit lower, do a few things that maybe will help it. And, uh, you know, and you know, last year they jumped and they got us to jump, but we, we got them in a third and one, they jumped, and then we got the touchdown right after that. So it's it's about stopping it with, with leverage and then people being able to get the quarterback because that extra push and the second push is really what gets you. But we're going to try to do everything we can to keep them out of those situations. Let's get them, let's get them third and along. Your, your take on it, it's in the game, we got to deal with it anyway, but should that play be in the game? Do you think that? I, I know this, it, it's, it's, it's a legal play, so we, we're, we're going to coach against it. And, and um, to me, we have to get ready for anything. If it's legal, we're getting ready for it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Well, she's got 41 and a half snaps against Miami. That was the most of that receiver group. How much is that just an indication of how he's come along and has grown since you, you got him in? Yeah, no, he um, he's coming along uh, throughout the season. Uh, I like where he's at. Um, he's working well, working hard every day, um, and then just the snap count that it just it depends. That we got you guys know we got seven, eight receivers, so it's kind of whoever's the hot hand will keep feeding, and then just next man up kind of mentality and stay ready. So he's doing good. Connor, out, at least out, outside the building, there's, you know, I think the perception is that the quarterback and receivers haven't always been on the same page this year. What's just the thought inside that room on that? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it, it, I mean, it just takes time. I think it takes time. Like I said, we got seven, eight receivers. Um, I think throughout the season, we just, little by little, we're getting, you know, better chemistry, uh, more in touch with each other kind of understanding when we get this look, what Pat's thinking, what the wideouts are thinking. So um, it's was a big group coming in this offseason, a bunch of new faces. And now that we're kind of settling in and figuring out kind of who can do what, and uh, it, it's doing, it's that. So that's it. How much of, like when you, when you say getting better, is it, like what, what tells you, what are the signs you're looking for? Is it just like reading the play correctly and therefore you've got some options on where to go and the receiver goes to, to the spot that Pat's wanting him to go? Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can tell or see if someone's getting better. And uh, I think it's by each player's different. You can, uh, they might pick up something quicker than the other player and this guy might have to work harder maybe off the field than on the field with mental stuff so um, it just depends last one anybody cool thanks everybody. Okay, so just you, you, you talked about you know having seven eight receivers. How difficult is it to you know keep those guys fresh and keep their heads in the game? Mm -hmm. you know, they might not maybe the, the ball's not going to go to them. Yeah, um, and that's part of the learning experience. Um, most of these guys in this room, they've they've played every snap their whole life. They've always been the best guy out there and never off the field. So that's a learning experience where you have to learn, hey, I might, this game I might get 15 reps, the next game I might get 40, like you're talking about Rashid. So you just got to be locked in, know what you're doing, know kind of what role we have for you in the game, and then 
when the play comes for you to make it, you got to make it. Probably a lot. Just to, um, like, are you eventually looking for three or four guys to step up by the time playoffs come, or are you okay with this deep rotation? Yeah, no, I think we're okay with it. I mean, we got good, good players. It's not like we're trying to force eight receivers out there that can't play. So the reason we got them is because they can play. So, and then that's on us to figure out and the receivers on them to be pros. And when your numbers call, go make a play. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Guys. Thanks, hey, Coach, um, Matt was talking about, you know, the, with the, the holding penalties, that's been an area where it's been the most, but there's a relationship between the quarterback and the O-line. And, mm -hmm. and you know, there is a quarterback role in um, helping to avoid those. But how do you how do you do that? I mean, how do you kind of work to, you know, yeah, from a quarterback standpoint, it's going to come down to getting the ball out on time, you know, things like that. Um, so that would be the big thing. If something's there, take it, you know, go through your progressions. And if, if you know, your first, second, they're, they're there, take them. Um, sometimes quarterbacks can get caught extending plays, and Pat's great at that. So you also have to weigh that as well. Um, but from a quarterback standpoint, if there's a hold, that's, you know, typically going to be things like that, not getting the ball out. Um, on time, just in general. Hey, was there a certain area of focus that you had during the bye week? Yeah, I mean, we had a chance to go back, look at, you know, really everything. Scheme, um, you know, obviously my position, quarterback, for me personally. Um, yeah, but with Pat, just in general, it's, it's always going to come down to fundamentals, you know, things like that, um, progressions, all those little things we talk about within each given week. But when you have a bye week, you have the opportunity to go ahead and Kind of hone in that in on that a little bit more, you know. You don't have an opponent that you're necessarily working towards. It's you know all about yourself in that in that bye week. So having the opportunity to go through that, talk through those things, you know, and, and preach that's been you know kind of the message. It seems like you guys used to be able to throw it down the field, you know, left and right. How do you feel like Pat through half the season is just like living in the intermediate and, and those coming maybe a fewer and far between? Yeah, I think, you know, he's grown there. I, think, I feel like that's some, somewhere he's grown throughout his career. Um, you know, just if it's not there, get into the check down. And there's times that, you know, he wants to make that big play. And, like, we love that about Pat and, you know, his willingness to um, try to hit that big play. But he has grown. He has developed and taken the underneath stuff. It could be something in the flat and then let our guys go make a play. Um, so he's definitely, you know, grown there and something that, that he sees and knows that that's available to him. You've had probably a better look at it than almost anybody has, you know, just, but between, you know, him last year with the ankle injury and this year he's had a few little dings, he has a hand laceration, flu game. I mean, his ability to just kind of gut through things, yeah. how unique is that? Uh, well, you love it about him. I mean, he's a competitor and he wants to win and he wants to give everything he has for this team and for the guys in the locker room, for us as coach. I mean, he loves these guys. and. You know, he wants, like I said, he wants to win. He's a competitor. So he's going to do everything he can to get out there and play um, and give it everything he's got. Thanks, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. How are you? Go for Coach Mayer. We were talking with Spags about um, penalties for LJ. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, he's had, I think, seven over the last three games right. and holding PI category. And it being a cost of business, doing business, mm -hmm. you know, how, how do you make sure that he kind of maintains that aggressiveness and, you know, yeah, um, I think the first thing for LJ is at the line of scrimmage, nothing is going to change other than lowering his target. 
Um, he may have had one that was called hands to the face, but majority of his penalties are going downfield when he's in phase. And so with that being said, not to get too technical, what LJ is going to have to do and what we've been working on and even started working on it last week and hopefully to start clicking in is once, once he's in phase running down the field with the wide receiver, he has to know right now that at that point in time, as you're reading your keys, when that wide receiver sinks his hip, you have to make sure that you're just pumping your arms. But what he's doing is he's grabbing, he's reaching, trying to just hold on, almost like a little kid would do to a mommy or daddy when they're trying to run away from him. He's like grabbing. And so he's just got to trust that my ability is good enough to run the route with him. And so, and that's one of the things that we're working on. But majority of them, again, is happening once he gets in phase downfield. So and that's what we're working on. Tallest as receiver. Uh, how, yeah. Just how difficult is that, and what makes him so good at that? Yeah. So we give um, LJ a Nim Leeson assignment. You go and take care of this, and, <laughs> and, and so therefore he can study film on that particular wideout, and he's done pretty decent so far. Um, I know there's some plays that he wish he can have back on certain guys, but overall, LJ being able to go and match up with an elite receiver that's outside or inside, that allows you to do a lot of different things. And um, so we've been blessed to be able to have a young man like LJ and his skill set. If we remember, he came out of college as a safety, and he thought he was going to play safety in the NFL. And so and we tricked him a little bit and, and hypnotized him and said, you can play corner. Wait, wait a minute, you're going to play nickel this first year. You know, <laughs> T5 was excited. The Honey Badger was excited because he can go back and play safety. But um, LJ, he's learning constantly still. And so he's just a fun guy to be around. And when you can match him up, he doesn't flinch. So it's been great. Hey, Dave, what, what traits of Steve's do you think enable him to be successful as a coordinator and in terms of <clears throat> Perhaps influence you even? Yeah, I, you know, Spikes and I go back a um, long ways. I mean, I'm talking back to 2001. We were friends. I still remember when Tom Coughlin called me in 2006, um, heading into the 2007 season and asked me about Spikes. And um, I was at the Senior Bowl at the time, and, and next thing you know, he became the coordinator. But some of the traits that he brought to the Giants when we first started coaching together in 07, 08, um, was his consistency to just basically stay the course. No matter what happens, he is breached, um, preaching the same message and he is teaching fundamentals, which is one thing that I pride myself on is teaching the kids, or the young guys, fundamentals. But he stays consistent to what he's called to do. And when he came back after he left in the 08 season and came back in 2015 at the Giants, um, I was like that that cockroach you couldn't get rid of at the Giants. You know, I was just there when he came and was there when he left and then there again when he came back. But um, he came back with the same fire and eagerness to be able to teach young guys um, how to play football, even if it's a, a, just something small as playing curl flat. All right, where are your eyes? Where is your angle of departure? How he teaches the technique and how he convey his message to the young guys is one of the things that I see that is one of his um, great skill sets. And so I'm happy to be around him. And just part of that is also obviously he's consistent, but also innovative, I, I, I see you say. I, I, oh, yeah. Those two go together. 
Yeah, I, you know, I actually just yesterday in the defensive back room, um, and after I made this statement, Mike Edwards as well as Dion um, Bush shook their head. I told the young guys, I said, you would never play in another system that's as hard as this one. We play from cover zero all the way up to three deep clue, two to one read corners. I said, so no matter where you go from this point on, if you find another coordinator that puts more on your plate to know technique-wise, to know coverage-wise, that changes up with the same look, I said, make sure you um, give me a call and I'll pay you $100. So when I said that, I asked the, the guys, I told them that yesterday, because there's no other coordinator in the league that's going to give you the amount of volume that Steve gives the players every week. And it's constantly, constantly changing and it's fluid. And so, it's exciting. Sorry. Three left. Yes. Adam. Hey, uh, when McDuffie, we Um, I think maturity. He came in here as a mature guy. Um, Trent was probably the highest graded corner that I had ever graded coming out of college. So his IQ was already there. Never, ever imagined that Trent would be here with the Chiefs. And so when we were able to go up and get him, that was a big Christmas gift to all of us. And so I think just his maturity, his ability to be able to take it from the classroom and what you say verbally, and can picture and visualize what it is that you want him to do. And so once you get on the field, you're not wasting time explaining it again. So a lot of guys, as you explain it in the classroom, audibly, then all of a sudden you may draw it up on the board. Okay, then they may see it. Some guys still need to walk through. Trent is able to take what you give him. He's able to Con, you know, basically grab the concept and be able to just compartmentalize it and put it where it's supposed to be, and then he can use that tool when it's time to use it. He's tremendous. When you say highest graded, you mean overall? Yeah, I mean, Trent, from my 20-plus years, just been in the league a little bit, he is the highest graded corner that I've graded that we've been able to draft, let me say that, as far as drafting. And there's been some other guys, you know, you look at the sauce gardeners, don't get me wrong, Cromartie back when he was at Florida State. But I'm just saying for a guy that I've been able to coach coming out of college, I've never had a guy like Trent McDuffie fall to us. Back to Snead for a second. Mm -hmm. You talked about how making him a corner. Yes, sir. Here. Yeah. It's easy to see now. You guys made the right decision. Was mm -hmm. it that easy to see then, or was it a, maybe a difficult decision? No, you can see it now. He's a COVID baby. So, and I say that because I didn't meet him until we got to training camp. Okay. So I saw him on video, and I call him all the time, you're a COVID baby. So we didn't have a chance to work with you in the offseason. And so um, – from day one, when you saw this young man's explosiveness in and out of breaks, and then you didn't know that he had then the violence that you can see within his football violent nature, but he has heavy hands and he's a competitor. Even in our jog through, there's a young man by the name of Anthony that ran routes for us, and Sneed would like for Anthony to release full speed every time, and we're in jog through. That's not Sneeze M.O. to just walk through. He wants work every day. So you could see that right away, that he was going to be pretty good. Last one. Dave, you mentioned uh, Trent taking what you guys you know, put the, the film on, yes, sir. on the board, yes, sir. transferring that to, onto the field. Mm -hmm. He's had a knack for creating turnovers this yeah. season. 
Yeah. Is he doing it just like you guys drew it up? He sure is. I mean, he is, uh, and, and I cannot, no one can take the credit for that because Trent has the want to, just like when you see players punching at the ball, raking at the ball, you look at Peanut, you know, Tillman back in the days. He had a knack for getting the ball out when he was at Chicago. Trent is turning into that type of player. And I think runners, wide receivers are starting to realize, okay, you better go, you know, two hands on the ball when you're around McDuffie. And so it's something that is just within him to know that, okay, hey, the ball is in front of me. Why not just reach for it? That's what he did with Tyreek. Tyreek had the ball in front of him like a baby where he was going to take it. And so and that's what he did. And so it's just something that's just within that particular person to be able to do that. We can drill all we want to, but you have to go and do it once yeah. the film comes on as well as the game starts to play. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, Blue, Blue Valley, big one. <laughs> Round four. I told you guys.